Hello, hello, hello. This is the Blacker the Berry podcast, and this is your host, the Berry Flair. Sisterhood, breaking the myth of drama filled friendships. And today, my lovely, lovely guest and bestie of more than 20 years, Zakta Sharice King, PhD. Hey, Hey, baby. Hey, boo. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, we've been talking like hours before we even started to record this. But, um... One thing that we really wanted to get on and talk about is just like how important it is to have sisterhood in your life, how important it is to have friendships in your life, right? And when we say sisterhood, we don't just mean cis women. We don't just mean cis femmies, right? We also were talking about the relationships that our trans sisters build with each other, our non-binary sisters build with each other, all of these types of very important femi and femme friendships and relationships right and how important those things are to our overall life um so yeah i mean sharice and if you just want to give a little background um about yourself yeah so i am also from rochester new york which a lot of your fan base must know that you're from rochester and yeah we grew up together since we were in, what, second grade? Yes. Um, went to high school and art school together, so we both have a deep love and appreciation for the arts. Uh, I ended up going to the University of Rochester for my undergraduate degree in linguistics and got my doctorate from Stanford in linguistics, and I'm currently at the University of Chicago um, researching things about the way black folks talk and language and identity more broadly and the relationship between race and place and lots of fun, cool things that you'll probably hear me on <laughs> yes, talking about definitely on another occasion. Yes. I mean, yeah, when you, I just want to kind of reiterate the fact that we've known each other since second grade. Like, yeah, that's that's almost, <laughs> honestly, we might be going into our kind of like, what is this, like the third decade? Yeah. Oh right. my yeah, we, God. We yes, we definitely. Right. Did. It's just something really because I think, and we were talking about this earlier, around the friendships that femme and identifying people and women have with each other. It's always this myth that we just have so much drama. Women can't be friends. Here's the things I hear women can't be friends because women are catty. Oh, Oh, you're just too pretty. That's why um, they they hate you. Or you got haters. Oh, yeah. Women, I've never been able to be friends with women because, see, every time, like, there's something, there's drama, there's gossiping. And honestly, I don't think either of us can even identify with any of honestly. those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you yeah, know. I'm just like, who, who y'all friends? Who y'all friends? Who are y'all talking about? Who did people? I mean, that's not to say I didn't have issues of friendship. Yes. But it wasn't around drama or being catty. Mm-hmm. You know, it might have been around, I don't feel like I could be as vulnerable or I'm shy. Right? Like, it's around other things. But it's yeah. definitely never been around this narrative um, that see women as, you know, being incapable of engaging in meaningful relationships with each other or um, that see them as not the only meaningful re- relationship being able to be their, um, like, actual romantic relationship, right? Exactly. And, yeah, no. Ex- we, we've been doing this since been doing this. We've been doing this since been doing this, you know? And it's like, um, I think about how every relationship in your life whoever it may be with your dad your mom your cousins your brother your sister you know the people at school your friends at school it conflict is such a normal thing right so like what is this whole thing about it just being a thing that women do right like this displacement of conflict like men don't have conflict only women have conflict with each other and it's like "Mm, conflict is like 
should be normalized because it is a normal thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so let's get into that. <laughs> let's get into it. I think there are a lot of things that can be said about it. I think for one, it works or operates in the same ways that it does among other kinds of oppressed groups when mm-hmm. it's like, well, black folks can't ever have this because they're this way to each other, right? Exactly. I think that there are certain narratives that get attached particular groups in society in order to undermine the work that they're doing to try and achieve their own liberty from their uh, right oppressed states and so for me i'm just like yeah what are the ways in which those narratives contribute to um believing that women are not uh, logical right or believing that there are these inherent differences between genders such that uh women behave in a way that they it is almost justified, right? The kinds of conditions and treatments that we receive in the society. And so I think we just got to be super careful about understanding why certain narratives are needed in the society in order to keep people positioned in a certain way. Exactly. I mean, when I think about just even restorative justice, right? It's Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're learning to practice, and this is that's you know it's indigenous work right you like i'm saying you learn that it is normal so to be gender specific about conflict is kind of ridiculous because it's like hey yeah. what does that conflict happens in every relationship in every relationship dynamic that you have but the important part right is like how you actually work through that right and are you saying that women are incapable of working through conflict <laughs> like you know what i mean because it's like, okay, I've had now you and Chelsea and numerous people, even our friends from college, right? Friends you met in college, friends I met in college, who now even like um, your friends from U of R, who you've now been friends with for yeah. almost 11 years, you know, my friends from college that I've been friends with for almost 11 years. And it's like, most of them are women, or femme identifying people. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the evidence just ain't lining up. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And like, again, like you said, I know for me, I'm a type of person who I honestly, like, I don't even know that I have enemies out there because until mm-hmm. and like even the people for whom I think this is what we need to be really thinking about mm-hmm. is the ways in which relationships evolve, right? Yes, um, talk like, about it. There are people for whom maybe I am not friends with or as close to, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel any kind of negative way toward them exactly. or feel caggy or feel like, you know, I can't coexist with them cordially in the same space. Like there's nobody for whom they have that much power or control over my, you know, me exactly. as a person for me to feel that way. And so, like, rather than talking about these qualities that certain people have, I think we should be talking about qualities of successful relationships, period, mm-hmm. right? Like, things that can be sustained over long periods of time, what goes into them. And if things have not been sustained, you know, what about them? What about the nature of them has changed or the nature of exactly. us has changed, right? And, like, there's something, again, about this, oh, women's relationships are always dramatic or they're always catty that just is, it doesn't account, account for the impermanence, right, mm-hmm. of these kinds of relationships and the ways in which they evolve and we navigate their evolution. Exactly. That's so, I love that you said, like, looking at the progression of your friendships and knowing where they're at and being able if you want to like it's like the process of community building is ongoing hello yeah i really like how you talked about the natural progression of of friendships and like i think it highlights also like that community building is always happening and that if we're really acknowledging like our friends as whole people we realize that and you know and us being friends for almost three decades at this point right it's like when we were eight when we were in high school and we could see each other every day right our friendship definitely looked different than it did when 
I went right. to Buffalo for school and you were in, at U of R and then when you moved to California for grad school and then I eventually right. did move to California but I was in like a whole nother city you know um, and, and, and kind of every now and then diving in and being like what does that look like or I remember times that I even was like I felt so bad you know I was like oh you know, I, I don't think I was naturally allowing myself to see like, hey, like these things are changing and they're changing because like distance play a part. All of these things play a part. Right. And it's like you don't have to feel bad because it's like we're at, we're doing different things. Right. But like, are we checking in? Right. And I think no matter what, whenever we're we see each other or we talk on the phone, it's like honestly even all these things are even though all these things are changing in our lives it's like wow like i see the foundation of this friendship and why it is so important to me right um yeah yeah i don't yeah (laughs) right so it's about like how do you continue to show up for each other exactly across these different spaces exactly because the needs become different and you meet different people as well mm-hmm. for whom, right these past relationships also come into contact with the new people right and so it's just kind of like we're always negotiating these spaces and negotiating how we relate to one another mm-hmm. and I think that I just have had some of the best relationships with women you know yeah. I have had the, the sisterhood uh among women I feel like is something that is unique and special especially when you think about the ways in which we've been socialized to be vulnerable within the society mm-hmm. right it's not that women are inherently just softer creatures but it's like no there are things set up in the society that make it such that we have been rewarded for that kind of behavior and I think this is one of the rewards right yeah these lasting kinds of relationships that show up among women for decades right um and if anything we really need to be talking about how we can get aspects of those kinds of relationships to show up in other parts of our life right talk rather than be with other familiar relationships or romantic relationships talk about we it need to actually be taking tips of actually how do we get you know the, these caretaking strategies to mm-hmm. search us elsewhere exactly you girl you right on the money girl so the first question i'm gonna ask you though um just pertaining to you were kind of getting in a little bit of like what sisterhood means to you yeah what does it mean to you um yeah that's a great question yeah i think it's like any other relationship i'm gonna say it's a commitment Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a commitment of a certain kind, right? Um, that acknowledges and honors, I think, the experiences of women. And I mean that all inclusively, right? Yeah. Um, it, it holds space for that specific experience in the world and creates a kind of safety yes. and healing. Talk about um, it. In that space. Yes. I love that. That I, I really, I, I really think it's so important to bring up that aspect of um, intersectionality and sisterhood to and yeah. how are we allowing people to feel safe? And and I th- I find the ways that we allow people to feel the safest is when, like you said, we are recognizing their experience. Right? I'm not going to automatically assume that every you know femme identifying person i come in contact with has the same experience as me right and in part of building relationship with them i am getting to know about their experience right that's the that is one of what's going to allow us to have a better relationship gonna allow us to meet each other's needs by really highlighting that and, and looking at that and i think sometimes that's the hardest thing and 
I might be getting a little sticky with it, but I'm gonna get a little sticky with it. I think that's sometimes the hardest thing about this idea of um, kind of like white women's feminism <laughs> um, is that it's 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 often a lot of erasure, and I feel like that yeah. blocks us from actually building real sisterhood because it's like hey, we're all the same. We're going to wear these pussy hats and da-da-da-da. And it's like, well, not every, you know, sister of mine has a pussy. And not every sister of mine um, has the same experience as you. So if you're not recognizing all of that, then you're not seeing people. <laughs> and all people, people want to be seen and heard, period. Yeah, right. right. They're whole person. Right. So... And- Right, and people don't understand how essential that is to being human, right? Like, being seen, being heard, being felt are Mm -hmm. just, like, a part of the human condition. Exactly. (laughs) Humanize. Right, right. And I think, like, sisterhood is, if it's, if it's in the ways that we describe, it gets us closer to acknowledging us as humans right Mm -hmm. like rather than as belonging to these larger categories and whatever the uh stereotypes are attached to those categories i think one of the things that sisterhood can do is remove the veil of what those categories are in some sense and just say who are you without all this conditioning exactly and then like without that conditioning right how am i showing up for you when I do know all the aspects of your sh- your story, just the right. first way is to listen. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Be present, listen, hear people's experience, and like take that in, and don't try to put your own uh, twist on it. You know. Um, but I guess what sisterhood means to me, I mean, it means all of those things that we've been talking about. Yeah, it also, no, yeah, more to say. <laughs> yeah, it also means I've always felt a lot of growth in my um, in sisterhood. I've always felt a lot of like when you talk about vulnerability, I think that comes with being like, how can we uplift each other? into the next stage you know and how i i really love to feel very inspired and motivated by not just you telling me like hey do this this and this but seeing you do your best you know what i mean like over all of these years that has truly inspired me so much you know and I think about all the sisterhood and, and, and friendships I have who continue to do that, motivate me to be my best person, you know, outside of the gaze of uh, capitalism and all of that fugazi stuff. <laughs> right. That part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, one of the next questions I had was, um, how did you learn to build healthy relationships with other women and, and, and femme identifying folks? Like, mm-hmm. how did you learn these, like these skills of communication, these, you know, where did it come from? That's a great question. I think for me, um, it's a great question because it is not uh, inherent mm-hmm. that you, one will be exposed to these kinds of relationships, right? Yeah. It, it, it needn't be inherent to our experience in the world mm-hmm. because some people are born, you know, not having their moms around, right? Or some people are born not having siblings that are femme-identifying, right? Mm-hmm. So. For me, I would say, though, I was, and that those relationships were the first places in which I cultivated that, right? My relationship with my mom. I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of like, you know, your mother shouldn't be your best friend at a certain age, and, you know, have certain kinds of views about the ways in which you should be able to interact. But for me, personally, like, my mama was always my best friend from a very young age. Yeah. 
we have always been very tight, um, you know, joint at the hip, really tight, really close. And I think that that has affected um, my loving style, right, toward other women, as well as, like, what I perceive as, like, goodness um, in, in female relationships. And so, for me, yeah. I, I would probably start there. But then I think, too, like, there is a way in which I've had a... There's a way in which I know how to hold on to really valuable people. Yes. You know? And I think that shows up in the fact that, again, like, you and I have been friends for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I have other friends who I've been friends with for more than a decade right yeah Um, my college girlfriends who i've been friends with for about 11 years and it was in their weddings it was like three weddings um and then the fourth one coming up actually yeah um as well as all of my friends from graduate school and so there's a way in which for me i think i've worked on from a young age learning how to recognize value Mm -hmm. by way of how someone treats you how someone makes you feel um, that piece about being seen, heard, and whatnot, and making sure that I provide that same experience, that reciprocity, right? Yes. That's been super essential and super important, and making sure people feel appreciated and they know that, and yeah, I think that's been most important for me. That's so real. I mean, like, yeah, I think I will also have to, like, identify as far as, like, growing up in a family with so many women, which, you know, I have so many many women in my family, um, you know, watching them with each other, watching just, like, how much they care for each other and love each other and hold space for each other and never, never feeling like they, um held back on that you know so definitely by example seeing that type of you know love and affection and then I think about my my dad playing a big part in that too right and because me and him we always and and that's interesting right like like how does this play a part in like how you build relationships with women but it, it it did for me mainly because it's like my dad has always been like a very open book and a very a person that always talked about with me, you know, just re- relationship dynamics. We always talked about those things from a very young age and like what does a friend look like to you? Is that something a friend would do? Is that something a friend wouldn't do, right? When such and such happens, what how did they show up for you? And these words weren't really a thing. It was more like, okay, so when y'all when y'all got in trouble, what they do, right? Or like, <laughs> you know, or was that something that was cool with you? Like, uh, or like, I saw such and such, but it didn't really look like y'all was having a good conversation. You know, like that type of check in, that yeah, type of like mindfulness. Yes, like. Hey, awareness. Exactly. And it wasn't always about like if I got in trouble now. If, if they jump off the bridge, you gonna jump off the bridge. It was just like everyday kind of conversation just about friendships, right? And because I all and you know, I, I also have to attest to the fact that like my cousins were my first friends too, you know, like in the relationships yeah. we had with each other. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, coming from a spot of family, right? And so watching also my family extend so much community and family to everyone, you know what I mean? It wasn't always about blood. And so I think I took that in as being like, hey, when I make friends, I'm making friends for a long time. Not for a short time, you know, but if it just so happens that this friend has to go or do or the friendship ends, it does. But like you said, that reciprocity, those things were important. The idea of being like, hey, like, how do we show up for each other? And 
if it ain't happening, what kind of conversation we need to have next? <laughs> right. Right. And I know we're talking about this among, like, sisters, but really, right? Like, yeah. everybody should be thinking and approaching relationships in this kinds of, in these kinds of mm-hmm. ways, right? Like, very thoughtfully, very, yeah, just aware and asking these questions to, like, I guess step outside of the relationship and just mm-hmm. really evaluate um, in a more just engaging and thoughtful way. And like, I think it's something too. So something that I've been talking about recently that I think is also important here in this conversation is that with age, you know, and maturity and, you know, manifestation comes. Yeah. Discernment, yes. Right. And that's super important, right? Discernment. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel like the story you just shared about the conversations you were having were around discernment. Yes. Yeah. Yes, now that's so real. I mean, it also, it, it's played a part even in like career-wise because I think those same conversations that I was having with my dad and my mom and, you know, um, went into my work when it comes to restorative justice right those are the conversations i was having with young people all the time whether they were in conflict whether they were you know whatever the case it might have been it was like or if i was in a classroom kind of talking to young people about relationship building in general right like what's a good friend to you right mm-hmm. and then sometimes my high school students would be like why the heck are you asking me that like you know <laughs> it seemed like a baby question but then once we got into the conversation like how broad it would get how how expansive it would get right and like how often you know i feel like with <laughs> kind of internet culture and memes and all of these things right though they can be so um relatable I think sometimes it gets into like this aspect of like I don't need nobody. Or yeah. I don't I you know yeah. I drop them like flyer. I don't know. No, they probably don't say I drop them like flies, but you know I'm an auntie, yeah. so <laughs> Like, but for real, sometimes I need to check in and see how I'm projecting on other people. So I don't know if the if I was just telling myself everything that I was supposed to be doing, I definitely wouldn't be in any way, you know, having any aspects of reciprocity with the people I'm in relationship with. But also, like, damn, I would just be walking all over people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the time, if I was just like. I checked in with myself and uh, myself said that yeah. even though you mad, oh, no, 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 that's not my problem because <laughs> I checked in with myself and we said that wasn't the case. Like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, even just seeing that type of stuff is like, I'm like, dude, like, it's no way you got anywhere in life without having other people, you know, and even if those relationships ended, but we also we do come from like uh and can be coming from kind of a biased place and like talking about everybody doesn't come from you know the same family dynamics and Mm -hmm. or the same you know so if i think a lot of the times if that is what you've seen then that's what you kind of sometimes carry into your adulthood if it continues to be true for you i think um one thing that sometimes hurts me is like I was at a school not too long ago at a high school and the young lady's mom worked at the high school too and we were in the lunchroom and we were all talking and she was like girl you're gonna have issues your whole life because you beautiful and you know and and you're always gonna have a hater because women other women don't like you know beautiful women you know and I was like, I was like, is that true though? And then they looked at me and then I was like, but is that true though? And I was like, Damn. I have many healthy relationships with women in my life. 
and you know i that that hasn't been true for me so like where is this coming from so am i ugly <laughs> you know like because i don't have a hater my <laughs> here's the thing that get me like i feel like at least among black women we be hyping the mess out of each other we do like, though okay, okay shoes like oh my god i love your hair like i just feel like I've been going through, and I think, what's that woman's name? I think she was, I sent it to you. I feel like I sent it to you on Instagram. But she has, she's like, man, she was just talking about the T.I. situation, and I sent it to you. What is her name? Her name's like Kim or something like that. Oh, this is gonna, this is gonna mess with me. Hello? I know, I'm trying to think. I'm like, who is this? Darn, her name's like Kimberly or something. But, um, darn, I forgot what it was. But, um, yeah, we we did find a lady. Her name is Kimberly, and she's on at 4Harriet on Instagram. But she was speaking the other day about just, like, how black women's um, culture around sisterhood is being so co-opted. Right. And even around language, like online. Right. Yeah. Uh, As far as how much we big up each other. So then, yes, I don't always understand that narrative of like, you know, us not messing with each other, because then I'm like, wait, everybody is trying to be in on this thing online and on media. How we show up for each other and be like, yes, girl, yes, you know, all of these things. Um, and some of that coming from like more um, femme queer culture, too, yeah, yeah, right? Queer, yeah. mm-hmm. You gotta hide like that, but still, like, uh, where's this idea that we are always tearing each other down? Yeah, but I guess what stood out for me, I'm like, this is a young woman. She has not even graduated high school yet, but she's being told that, yes, every other woman is, like, going to be your competition. And, and, and it just, it was a question I had for you around that, around um, how these dynamics and culture around, like, race, colorism, sexuality, gender, uh how they play a role um and what we're even telling young people you know about community and sisterhood and yeah yeah that's a great question um hmm. because there is something to be said about probably the nature of our friendships being different even Mm -hmm. cross racially and it's not that it has to be that way but i think sometimes it is and so the question is the ways in which that shows up and like i said i think it definitely shows up in the way that we like maybe hype each other and the kind of language we use to address each other um or mark someone as you know being a part of the crew you know exactly Um, but are there other ways that's a great question and what are those yeah for sure I mean, we don't have to brainstorm this. <laughs> yeah, we can't. I think also, right? Um, one thing I didn't put on here is classism, right? Yeah. Um, and no, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't put that on there, but I think about it because it's like, right, or or where we're at when we show up for each other and we're embracing each other, right? Um having to even police ourselves around that like okay say you and your girls y'all go out to some fancy ass restaurant right and you're you're all black and brown women and as loud as you would usually be right which is something that you would usually how y'all would embrace each other you're toning it down you're you know what i mean like i I wanted to brainstorm with you about that because, you know, I was just like, damn, it's just so many tiny aspects of how, like, how we show up for each other can be policed, you know what I mean? Or change in certain spaces. Well, just stepping back a sec, because you did bring up the point about classism. 
then I think that's really important because when you talk about relationships, you also talk about ways in which we show love, right? Love languages. And I think, you know, there are ways in which different class backgrounds may influence how you, right, can Mm -hmm. show up for someone. And so, like, maybe for, right, look at, like, Kylie Jenner. It's mm-hmm. going to be for her sister, her best friend on to maybe some business deals or like, right? Like it's going to maybe show up that way. Whereas for somebody who ain't, <laughs> right? Of that particular class background, it might show up in these other subtler ways. So yeah, I think it is important to acknowledge yeah. how resources and conditions affect even the way you are able to engage and show your love to someone, um, if gift giving, for example, is a means by which people do that. Um, but then the next part of your question was about how do we get policed? I think, okay, so one of the examples that I always have a hard time with, um, is just the use of even, like, the word bitch among black women, right? Like, Mm. it is totally, I think, been reclaimed in a kind of way that people don't like if I I do sometimes feel self-conscious if I call one of my black girlfriends a bitch in front of one of my white girlfriends yeah because I feel like their the perception of it is a lot more like oh like it's like abrasive that's so abrasive like offended yeah and I don't feel this way for yeah like right it's not all my white friends and it's not right and I don't really call all my black friends that but sometimes it's like oh bitch right (laughs) (laughs) ah bitch (laughs) (laughs) bitch let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) because to me it doesn't feel like it is a meaning or a way of saying it that is to all of my white friends yeah a couple of them get it but not all of them Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one way in which it's not necessarily police, but I, I, I guess maybe yeah, I maybe that's not the word. What were you saying? Maybe I maybe I do some self policing because I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah like, I wouldn't use this word in this way with you. Exactly. But with this person, like they get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. I think about, and I guess I was thinking of policing because I'm like how we can show up in certain spaces with each other depending on where we are and who's around like you said you know what i mean and maybe it is it is definitely self-policing but we all know that's how like you know uh oppressive things can work you know that we're constantly also self-policing um but yeah wow that word bitch or hoe or you know Or, like, all of these things that, you know, people in the, can try to say is abrasive or violent or, you know. I mean, I think about in this wave of, and I, I don't completely understand everything around, you know, nonviolent communication. But I did have my friend, one of my friends come on not too long ago in season one to talk about a little bit about nonviolent communication. And I wonder, you know, when I hear those, I'm like... Does it have anything to do with that type of language with each other? Is it not about that? Would it be violent communication to try to police somebody from having those type of interactions with mm-hmm. each other if that's normal to their, you know, uh, their their bonding? Because those are all bonding kind of rituals, a lot of those things, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think about how these things show up and i think about colorism i think about classism i think about like who people often and when i'm self-policing who people often see um embrace each other in that way what they're thinking how they're you know and these are and it's not getting off topic because i feel like sisterhood is always in the gaze of so many people and hence why we're having this conversation of being like hey people have from the outside have these myths about how women and femme people interact with each other right and so it's like we can't have this conversation and not talk about all those intersections right and like um even when it comes to even when it comes i think about this too right when it comes to 
bonding and relationship building and sisterhood with like femme identifying um male people like people who are are identify as men or identify as non-binary or are more masculine or like right what is what do those things look like and then where that cuts off and it becomes a thing of like no you're a cis dude you can't you can't have this type of relationship with me right like even like say your gay guy friend you know who's femme identifying like pinches your boob or smacks your butt or you know and and you kind of just let it happen right but a line happens right when it's like a cis dude does that and you know a cis het dude does that and it's like absolutely not right Uh and so it's like you are not in the category of building this sisterhood with me (laughs) and so yeah i just think about those things like where those lines are drawn what it looks like yeah yeah no i think it's good to think about because you know we do come back to this question that you asked earlier of well what does make friends i mean friendships between women potentially different than the friendships that exist among men mm-hmm and, you know, we do have to start to delve into, again, there's nothing inherent about being a female or, uh, you know, being a, being a woman, right, like, or being a man, like, yeah. from a biological sense, we know that there's nothing, right, Yeah. That make it such that uh, relationships from, uh, you know, between a man and man and a woman and a woman, different. But they are, like, again, we have to point to things in the society and say, Mm -hmm. what is it that, you know, like you said, allows us to say, okay, I'm offended when this act happens with the cis man, right, versus Mm -hmm. otherwise, right? And I think it's about, we have to think about intentionality, power, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there are just so many different words that come to my mind. Yeah. Oh, and even that, that what you were speaking about earlier—the aspect of safety. Yeah. <laughs> right. Say like that. that aspect of. I think that's. I think that's the hardest thing to sometimes explain. Uh, well, it's not the hardest thing to explain. It's. I feel like that's not what people often want to hear, and with this whole thing around like men are trash or like you know, um, dismantle the patriarchy, uh, all these sorts of things that are coming up in our society, right? It all comes down a lot of the times to safety, right? Uh And when (laughs) often we haven't been put in a lot of positions to feel the safest with those relationships, because I think like you were saying society and socializing and all of those things say hey here's how and also this comes from like a heteronormative kind of ideology this comes from like it's like here's how you have a relationship when you are on the binary you're a man or a woman right and here's how it looks right and here's how it inherently is always sexual right even (laughs) you know and so it's that level of safety is not there because it's also like hey no this relationship is always you want something from me (laughs) that it has nothing to do with like not always to do with my emotional well-being or my um or my safety or my or the same aspects that i have with my sisterhoods right yeah it's because the pressure of society around it too yeah if that makes sense yeah if that made sense <laughs> no i think it yeah. does and so there are different ways and, and it's not to say like of course you like we don't have potential issues of safety come up even in women's friendships but the nature exactly. of them do change exactly exactly yeah, you know, I think um, also today, <laughs> I don't know how we could have this conversation and not talk about this, mm. but 
reality TV. <laughs> And how it perpetuates the the idea. It perpetuates the idea that women and femme identifying people can't get along. And it's not okay, like you have shows like uh Basketball Wives and um like all of the shows that are um the housewife shows, right? When whatever city or state they might be in. And then there is always usually if there are men in there they're like the stylist or the hairdresser or the yeah. highlighting femme identifying cis yeah. men sometimes right or people who are trans but then everybody's joining in on this thing of being catty and fighting all the time right yeah. and then it's just like okay it- <laughs> Yeah, so what we see is, like, right, these tropes are, like you said, perpetuated, and they Mm -hmm. just insert people into these roles to act out um, these roles that, you know, end up enacting other kinds of social processes, right, in the society, or being able to justify particular kinds of controlling images uh, that represent particular groups in society, right? Exactly. Like, and the irony of it all is just that it's labeled reality when it really um, acts as more of a kind of script, right? It's not it reality, is. actually. It's actually, or it's a version of reality, but it's not all of reality, right? It's not the wide expanse and diversity and array of experiences that exactly. we know to be true among relationships yeah, between women, but, you know, there's a way in which so much of TV now is about creating narratives and sticking with them, especially reality TV, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, just think like, about, what's the one that Kevin Hart had? It was like, house, wait, wait, husband? Oh, the Hollywood how, husbands of... Hollywood husbands, husbands of Hollywood. It's just so funny yeah. to think about, like, that is definitely recognized as comedy, right? So everybody's like, yeah. this is not real anyway, right? But when it's happening with like more femme identifying people, then it's like, this is reality TV, right? right. And so right. just those things, it's like, damn, y'all just wanna, y'all gonna push it, ain't y'all? Y'all gonna push it. And it's right. just like, if that ain't your life, you like, what? No. So, okay, as entertaining so as it may be sometimes. Let's step back for a second. <laughs> what are examples then on television or movies, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, of exemplary, you know, like relationships? Oh my god. For women. Like, um, girlfriends. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Um, tra- sure. sisterhood, sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> Right. Oh my god, I was watching that song <laughs> earlier this year. Just gonna yes. say that. Just gonna put that yes. out there. <laughs> um Insecure, I think, right? Like, oh, insecure. Um I think about you know, some Disney shows are coming to my head too. Uh I think of like I think about yeah, I do think about Disney shows. I think about Raven show. She had a ring of sisters yeah, 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 with yeah. her friend. I think about Cheetah Girls. I think about <laughs> all these like I mean, and it makes me think about like my formative years and what was on TV and what's on TV now, right? And so, and it's not, and we're gonna if we're gonna name like the stuff that perpetuates it, right? I did want to also mention things like The Bachelor, um, you know, it, it all, it all, you know, because I can name all the shows that have predominantly black people, but it's it's an ongoing kind of thing. But um, and to go back to like shows that I see with these positive narratives, um, I'm trying to think. Can you think of anything else? I'm trying to think. I'm like, I feel like I should know, like, but I can't immediately think 
think of like Toni Morrison, some of her stuff. Ooh, talk about it. I mean, but then they, you know, they did have some toxic stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, because um, that stuff know, is normal, right? Being, like, even in real life, we can think about people like, you know, Oprah and Gail, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. I think we don't even have to necessarily look to fiction. I think we can look at... Um, real life situation. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of more real life situations. Right. <laughs> I guess Beyonce and Kelly. <laughs> oh, Beyonce and Kelly. I mean, yeah, Beyonce and Kelly. Um, even though you know it's always been rumored that they're sisters for real. Um, we don't know that to be true, but um, yeah, let me try think what else who else is like we're friends oh my goodness okay i'm i know we're supposed to be talking about real people but i also have to name the proud family because (laughs) and the real life song with all of with you know solange and beyonce you know classic classic straight up classic um i'm really trying to think and, and sometimes the bonding can be can look different you know sometimes some of it is drama filled right uh what is it um ooh, who was i watching and i was just like wow they really love each other it was um t.s madison and um what's her name it's a comedian i don't know if you've seen that new stand-up that tiffany haddish had and then there was a trans woman on there and i can't think of her name right now and yeah i can't think of her name but i watched them behind the scenes because um they like had behind the scenes because they were doing t.s madison's show but i just felt so warm-hearted to see like these two trans women like in in a difficult dialogue too but then also they were bonding and T.S. Madison's mom was making them food. And it was just like, I was like, damn, they about to get on the show. And I know do a lot of rumor stuff. But this moment right here, this behind the scene with them together is so beautiful. Like, you know, um, and, you know, sometimes the bonding is gossiping in some forms of media. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's the gossiping around it. Um, like, um, Angela Yee has a show, which I feel like it high, it can highlight sisterhood in some way. Or, um, what's the other one? Um, horrible, like, it's called the Horrible, Horrible. It's like a sex podcast with these two women who... You know, you can tell they're just so close to each other, but they go on and that's what they talk about. You know, I'm just trying to think of many different forms of what that bonding and sisterhood can look like, you know. Uh-huh. And it's not, okay. yeah, it's not always, but I mean, I would prefer it not always be fighting, but there's there are sisterhoods that are being built in many different ways, you know, yeah. um, that are real life and women working together and doing like, cool stuff with each other you know um career wise and so yeah that's one thing i think of i mean a few things i think of but yeah i mean i think we have had such a full conversation and so i'm gonna ask my last question all right sis if you could give our audience any advice about healthy relationships, what would it be? Mm, I guess it would be first to, you know, learn yourself, mm. which, or commit to learning yourself, because I think sometimes we think that there's an end point or a a destination and so far as like oh know myself there's nothing else to learn (laughs) but like you know be committed to the process of learning yourself because I think that's going to inform how you show up 
um, in your relationships with other people and the kinds of things that they can bring out in you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because even when we say, like, I love this person or I love being around this person, that is you also saying, like, you love yourself mm-hmm. in that person's presence. Yes. So I think knowing something about yourself and the things that you appreciate, the things that you give, right, um, to people, um, is important to to building lasting relationships. Yes. Yes. I agree. I I really like and want to highlight and uplift the part of you saying like know yourself. Um, because I think often, you know, people will be like, if you don't love yourself, you can't love nobody. Right? Yeah, that's annoying. And in <laughs> fact, it's like people struggle every day to accept themselves and because there's many factors of course that play into that. Um, But I love how you were like, get to know yourself, right? And get to know that feeling of what you feel when you're with people that you love and appreciate, right? And then take that and use it as a mirror. Use it as a mirror and highlight, hey, I am uplifting and holding myself when I am around this person because they make me feel you know love they make me feel appreciated they make me feel heard they made me feel safe right um and so yeah i mean i guess my advice would be the same too also like the more you the more you normalize conflict right and then the better ways you can find ways to respond to that because every relationship no relationship is perfect right it's all about the work you put in it's all about the choices you make with your friendship is something that we've been talking about you know today and it's like people are gonna have a lot of things to say about what your friendships look like or what women's friendship look like or what family friendships look like but it's all about you knowing and feeling solid in your friendships. And if you don't, then being willing to have a conversation around it. <laughs> right. Which can be hard, you know, especially sometimes if people it's have anxiety and stuff. <laughs> it's hard work to be in relationship to anything and anybody. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For you sure. Know? Yeah, so I just want to thank you so much for being here. And for being course, my friend. Me. Yes, and being my friend. I really appreciate you and I love you. And I I love you too. And I, I feel very honored and, and happy to be your friend. Especially for all of these years, you know. Um, I think we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, when you're around people that have known you for a long time, right? And you're like, wow, like they know where I came from you know and where I'm at right now and sometimes you need those type of friendships to remind yourself that you have changed (laughs) because sometimes you'll just be like I've been the same for such and such years and then you're like wait if I highlight all of the different moments in this friendship or if I just have an honest conversation with my friend I can see how much I have grown and changed and so yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful for our friendship. and Likewise, sweetheart. You yes. already know, I'm a ride. Uh, yeah, you. we about to... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's a little dance called? I'm hitting the little folk... Not the folks. It's the one that they... I don't know how it looks. Oh, but... <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, on Cheeto, no, baby. But um, I want to thank everybody who is listening to this who's going to listen to this for listening because you just heard a a story you know this podcast is about storytelling and this is our story as friends and sisterhood and we just wanted to share with y'all what that looks like you know yes and so and it doesn't have to look exactly like ours i think we can reiterate that piece too yes hunty it does not um but yes thank y'all for listening and tune back in to the black of the berry podcast you can find us at at the black of the berry podcast on instagram baby 
And you can also listen to us on SoundCloud whenever. Okay? We will be on more platforms soon. Love you. Love y'all. Peace out, baby.